0: Hi, this is Chris Baldwin, aka Fight Goddess with Skull Combat Sports Equipment, and you are listening to Eddie Goldman with No Holes Barred.
1: Hi, my name is Melissa Smith from GirlBoxing.org, and I'm listening to No Holes Barred with Eddie Goldman.
2: Hello, everyone around the world. Once again, this is Eddie Goldman on No Holds Barred. On this edition of the show, we once again spoke with our colleagues, Chris Baldwin of The War Room and Melissa Smith of Girl Boxing on The War Room. A video of this discussion has also been posted on the War Sports YouTube page. We spoke with them by Zoom Monday, May 9th. On Saturday, May 7th, pound-for-pound king and super middleweight champ Saul Canelo Alvarez lost by a clear-cut decision in Las Vegas to unbeaten Russian fighter Dmitry Bivol who holds the WBA light heavyweight belt. We discuss this fight, but also why, when the U.S. is sanctioning Russia for its criminal war of aggression in Ukraine, Russian boxers should not be permitted to fight on u.s soil tune in now to hear our breakdown on the fight and why sanctions are so important in the war against putin's
0: propaganda machine welcome back to the war room fight fans from around the world we are talking canelo bivol today and i'm in the war room with my boy eddie goldman he's an award-winning sports journalist we call him the Conscious of Combat Sports, and my sister, Melissa Smith, she is an author, and she runs a boxing ball called Girl Boxing Now. Welcome to the show, everybody. We are back in the house. Let's talk about Canelo taking an L from this Russian dude. I wanted him to beat that dude's ass, okay? That's all I know. I wanted him to win. I really did. I didn't think he was going to win because he's moved up to light heavyweight. That's, That's some serious moving up in weight. And uh, he just didn't pull it out, and he even thought he won the fight. So, would you guys tell me, Eddie, what was your breakdown on this fight? Make Uh, it quick.
2: I I agree. Yeah, I agree with what most people have said. Uh, Canelo was uh, very courageous and maybe overconfident in moving up, not just to light heavyweight, but to one of the the number one or two light heavyweight in the world. When he fought Kovalev a couple of years ago at light heavyweight, Kovalev was already a faded fighter. Mm-hmm. Bivol is not. Bivol is pretty much in in the prime of his career. Yet Bivol used his jab. It wasn't just that he was bigger. Canelo couldn't figure out a way for most of the fight to get inside to work around that jab, to control the the ring, to do everything that you have to do, to land more punches. Bivol threw more, landed more, dominated in just about every aspect of the fight and really uh, had a brilliant fight plan. And Canelo just wasn't big and strong enough and smart enough to pull it off. So Bivol rightly got... The decision, even though in the first few rounds, the judges seemed to be really being, to use a euphemism, overly generous for Canelo. (laughs) After a couple of those rounds, they realized, hey, you know, the favorite Canelo, the big draw, is not winning. So we better score this one on the up and up or else there's going to be a a, a real problem here. So that was the basic story of the fight. And
0: will there be a rematch? They both say there'll be a rematch. Who knows? Do we want to see be? that rematch? I don't want to see that rematch. Like, I don't think I want to see that rematch.
2: You have all the boxing politics because the Vol is a WBA champion. This was not that close of a fight. Will they agree to an immediate rematch. Canelo has all these belts at, yeah. at super middleweight at 168. As some of the sanctioning bodies going to say, well, you moved up. We let you move up for this fight. Now you got to come back and fight our mandatory. You know, you're getting to all the, the boxing right. politics. Is the zone going to want to pay for this? I don't know if this fight was even uh, sold out in Las Vegas. It did do well on Twitter in the US. It was trending at number one for a long period of time. I don't know if many people really want to want to see that fight again. So it's you know, boxing, politics, and business and, and money, and I don't know that it will be that that different because Bivol is going to come in knowing you know I did it right. before, and I'll, I'll I'll do it again. And I don't know what how much d- differently Canelo can can fight in a rematch. Right.
0: What do you think about that, Melissa?
1: Yeah. Well, first, you know, Canelo really did look so much stronger, and he looked more shockworn. worn. He was tired in that fight. Yeah, he was. He was not on his game. Uh, You know, flat-footed most of the time. It looked like, yeah, flat-footed. He he has he has just come off this enormous campaign to capture all four super middleweight belts, and now, Mm. and he had. I don't think he had enough time between fights Mm. to really absorb his achievement. And then go on to the next. And I understand why, you know, he wants to just be like the greatest in all divisions. Right. And he has that in his mindset. But I did not think that he was physically prepared for that fight. He got tired. And, and then he he overworked. His mouth was open. You never see him with his mouth open. He's yes, just he, trotting he, around the ring right. when he fights, right? Mm-hmm. He And he's fought. It's not like he hasn't fought big guys. But he was never relaxed in that fight. And when you're not relaxed, which is something that Bival was, Bival was just just chill the entire fight.
0: Well, and when you're ah, in that ah. mind,
1: he a, and the thing is too, he wasn't, it's not like he, every, every one of his punches was a flick. He was just doing touches. Mm-hmm. He was doing touches. He was doing le- levels. He was being very smart in his counter punching. I mean, yeah, he got caught sometimes, but he also did not particularly respect Canelo's power. Right. And I think after the first few rounds, when he realized that Canelo really couldn't touch him and that he was off his game, he was able to just rough him up in, in, uh, in that sense. He uh. used a lot of speed. He, he also changed not only his levels going up and down, he did touch to the body, but he also changed the speed of his punches he'd do a jab and then he'd do a bop bop so he really threw off canelo's timing in his defense because canelo has always has brilliant defense but he was able to get tagged throughout that entire fight and as the night mm-hmm. wore on he was expending energy just feeling frustrated and trying to arm punch the guy and it's like okay you're trying to arm punch the guy and he gave him a lot of bruises but as Bobal ball said Well, he punched my arm, see? And I punched his face. (laughs) And that's (laughs) all you needed to know about the fight. Right. So would I want to see a Vival Canelo too? Mm. Not the way Canelo
0: fought this
1: time. Not if he's not 100% committed to what he is doing, to what this campaign is, and to understanding that what brought him success at super middleweight and middleweight does not necessarily bring him success when you're fighting against a natural light heavyweight light, or yeah. a heavyweight that comes down or a cruiserweight right. that comes down. Right. You know, some of them might be a natural cruiserweight. And then you also got ball saying, well, hell, I'll fight you at super middleweight. And he could, uh-huh. he'd kill him. He'd wow. Kill him. For real? So, he said he'd come down. You know, so I, I thought it was, uh, take your belts Canelo. <laughs> um, it, it, it really is problematic and it's something he needs to think about and think about in his own, in his heart. I mean, he's got a lot of shop. He was shop to me.
0: Yeah. Like, that's He, the he way looked I, tired. I thought. He looked to me. It wasn't like, I'm like, when is he going to let his hands go? That's what I was thinking. Like, why does he keep doing this? One, two, boom. Well, yeah, wants, I don't understand that.
1: But he wasn't, he, again, he wasn't in a mindset of, let me touch the guy. You know, he just, everything was a home run with him. Mm. And like, yeah, he, he had some beautiful little moments where it came in with the uppercut, yeah. it was very cute, but he, he hadn't him softened him up. Yeah, He wasn't going to the body at all. Nobody he barely worked. went to the body. Nobody he just, You know, he hit the guy's arms. He just kept hitting his arms. He wasn't being smart. He wasn't executing a game plan. So I just thought that he wasn't there mentally. Um, I maybe took a look at him and said, oops, I don't know. (laughs) I stepped in some (laughs) doo-doo. But but my feeling was he wasn't 100% prepared for the fight. And that his one-year campaign going after the undisputed at super middle right has taken its toll. Mm -hmm. And he needed rest. And he didn't have the rest. And... Mentally, it just he just broke down in the fight.
0: Yeah, he needs about a six month layoff. Like, don't do anything for six months, Canelo. No, he needs to come just back breathe
1: and rethink right. and, and rethink in, in the gym. You know, mm-hmm. when you're preparing for somebody bigger than you and stronger and naturally bigger. You got to think differently. You got to fight like a small guy. And he's not used to fighting like a small guy. He's a bully. Like he should have had Tyson in there coaching him
0: on that head movement coming
1: in. Head movement. How are are you using this? Coming down on his punches, using his legs. I mean, he's got a big, you know, he's got some big bottom down there. So Mm -hmm. use that. Come down. Use that power. Right. So that that you're pivoting. And being quick, you know. I love
0: that by Tyson. I've not seen anybody uh still to this day do that
1: slight so quick not quite as quick. Yeah. Right. I mean, and I then come up, boom, 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 boom,
0: boom, boom. Yeah,
1: yes. but it's so when when somebody has all that power in their legs and their butt like that,
0: mm-hmm.
1: that's brilliant. And again, when you're smaller, you have to learn how to fight small. And I don't think that Canelo really understood. You didn't do that at
0: all. How to
1: fight small. He didn't work on that in the gym. He worked on his usual game plan of being aggressive and being, and and sort of using almost not only his power, but his reputation of power, his reputation of being really smart and being able to figure out a person's weaknesses. Mm-hmm. But he was fighting someone that was younger, stronger, really in his game and comfortable. And that was the key he to me. He younger. was
2: relaxed. I, I think they're about the same age.
1: But, but I looks, think
2: younger. He looked younger, maybe because he has less, less wear and tear because Canelo <laughs> started fighting right. as, a started early. as a pro in Mexico as a teenager. 16. He's yeah.
1: been fighting since he was 16. And listen, you know, I mean, they've B- always, he's got like over 90 amateur fights, but it's different. <laughs> fighting in the amateurs and fighting in the pros mm-hmm. is just different. It's different. So, I uh, I think Canelo has a lot of soul-searching to do. And if he is going to do this fight, he should wait till the fall to give himself proper rest and really rethink his game plan in terms of trying to campaign in the super heavyweight right division. He's in, in, enough in, money. The junior, in the junior, like, that in that right. division, sorry. Right, right.
2: I really feel Canelo's really a middleweight who yeah. took advantage of winning all these belts at mm-hmm. super middleweight, yep. and I and I think going up to light heavyweight looks like it's it's at least in this fight slowed him down and is not really his optimal weight on on the yep. very top level. A lot of guys that he could beat at light heavyweight or even higher up, but when you're dealing with a, a top guy like Bivol, mm-hmm. I just think it's 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 too much for him. And so he's going to have to decide does he want to just with ego and pride to try to avenge this loss or does he just want to want to move on for a while? Yeah, we'll move on move for
1: on. a while, you know, take care of his mandatories. Um, right. The do Triple G three, you know, who is his mandatory? I don't know. That hasn't come out yet. Oh, okay. but, you know, I'm sure he'll have them. He's got all all, right. all the belts. He all right, has so. one,
2: one fight left with the okay. and the a lot of people felt he made a mistake in passing up a, a fight with uh, jamal charlo mm-hmm.
1: which m- would mm-hmm. mean
2: he'd have to go back to showtime but he could probably make make more money on pay-per-view with a showtime pay-per-view mm-hmm. with charlo assuming charlo keeps winning then he doesn't go to jail the, well yeah there's there's all that stuff but assuming they're able to buy their way or get out of that whatever the, he could probably make more money and have a better chance of beating charlo who does not look invincible also gotten a lot of mm-hmm. wear and tear on him than than staying on the zone you know and risking fighting a guy that just that just completely outboxed and outclassed him right. So, I mean, there's another thing that we really have to bring up in terms of, do you want to see a fight? I do not want to see any of these Russian professional boxers getting a chance to fight. And if people say, well, yeah, the, what what uh, Russia, the government is doing is horrible, war crimes in Ukraine and crimes against humanity, but what does it have to do with these boxers? Here's a clear example. When Bivol Be- won, And that, of course, was an upset for the for the bookies anyway. Mm -hmm. The Russian Boxing Federation put out a statement saying that he was the pride of Russian boxing because he's he's a Russian. He was born in Kyrgyzstan, one of the former Soviet republics. But he grew up in St. Petersburg, Russia, which was the old stomping grounds of, of Vladimir Putin. And. They put out this statement from Tatyana Kiryenko from the organization, the secretary of the Russian Boxing Federation, praising him. I'm filled with joy and pride. In other words, whatever he wants to do or say, and he has not come out against uh, the war, Russia's Russia's horrible war of aggression. It may be difficult for a Russian citizen to do that because it's illegal. But still, he's given them a propaganda victory Mm -hmm. by saying, look how great our guy is. Canelo was pound for pound. Number one, the big favorite fighting in what is his essentially his home, unofficial hometown where he fights most of his fights in Vegas. And he wanted this. And a lot of people said there's no way he could win a decision. And even with biased judging. Bivol still won a decision. Look how great of a fighter he is for Russia. And that that makes him the pride of, of Russian boxing. Number two, they they announced Bivol is coming from California, where his trainer is. He may live, a lot of Russians live outside of that country because things are so awful and getting worse in that country. So they may tell residences, the, the people that have the money. In, in the United States, in the UK, you know, a whole bunch of different places. But there's still Russian citizens, which means that money is going back to Russia. And there are sanctions by the US, the UK, the European Union, uh, many other countries, Japan, Canada, against Russia in various ways. And so by supporting him, and I'm sure you got a, a big payday from this, you're basically economically helping out a cash-strapped mm-hmm. Russia, which is just about to default on its debts and all the, the, uh, all the economic problems that they're having because of the sanctions on the major Russian banks and on the top leaders and their top businesses that's going on. And there should be more sanctions. And the European Union is talking about cutting off the supply of uh, Russian gas and oil which are big, uh, big exports for Russia and bring in a lot of a lot of revenue. And here you are putting this guy in a major fight, making millions and millions of dollars. Some of that's going to filter back to Russia. And even in boxing, you have four of the major sanctioning bodies, the WBC The IBF and the WBO, which, of course, we criticize all the time for all the nonsense, even they said, we are not allowing Russians to fight in championship bouts. But Bivol was a WBA title holder, and they said, well, we're going to let them fight anyway because they're going to get their sanctioning fees, their blood money from this. And so for these reasons, for the propaganda reasons, for the economic reasons, for the political reasons, I don't think people should be supporting these things and buying these shows and buying these pay-per-views. The Zone isn't the only one, but I read that, I haven't confirmed this, but the Zone uh, shows their fights worldwide, and I believe they still show this in Russia. Even today, a lot of streaming services that are international, like Netflix, have closed down their services, at least for the duration of the war in Russia. But the zone is still going on and doing that. In other words, they're doing absolutely nothing other than pretending during the ring introductions that Bivol is, is is a Californian. Or you sing California, here I come, because they wouldn't let him bring a Russian flag and play the Russian anthem, even though they played the Mexican anthem for Canelo and had Mexican flags there and all over the place. This is nonsense. And it's similar to what the International Olympic Committee did when in the last Olympics where they said, well, they, the athletes from Russia can't say they represent Russia. They represent the Russian Olympic committee. You know, like that's the big difference. It was utterly absurd. And this is, this is just as absurd. And of course, boxing is just going for that blood money. They don't care where it comes from. They don't care Mm. what effect it has on the world. And this is another disgrace. And I blame the zone matchroom boxing, uh Kinello and his organization Blavatnik the the big the main uh financier and investor in the zone the T-Mobile Arena Las Vegas everywhere else and this is just an, it's an absolute disgrace you just follow what's going on in Ukraine and you read president Zelensky's a speech that he gave on May 8th, comparing what's going on now in Ukraine to what the Nazis did during World War II in Ukraine. And already just a couple of months into this war, some of this devastation in Ukraine is even worse than what the Nazis did back in the 1940s when mm-hmm. they invaded and for a couple of years occupied Ukraine. And Russia is on the this, this same path that they're they're kidnapping, uh, Ukrainians taking them to Russia. They're interrogating people. They're torturing people. They're bombing schools, hospitals, people that are escaping. They're bombing those vehicles. They're, it's is utterly relentless, utterly criminal. And so it's, it's a minor, minor inconvenience not to have these Russian boxers fight on some of these, these championship fights. But Professional boxing won't even won't even do that. And it's an absolute stain. And I'd say again, don't support any of these fights where you have these fighters from Russia, because even though they they say they're from California, don't let them carry a flag. They're still representing Russia, as we saw in this case with Bivol.
0: Yeah, many of these Russian fighters come here because I've, I've connected with quite a bit of them, you know, from like, um, from Wildcard because there was a whole host of Russian fighters over there. And then some of them moved out, like I met some that were in, um, out in Oxnard. And a lot of these guys come here on student visas and then let their student visas expire so that they can, and, and work, they work as boxers and then they're illegal immigrants. And they do never go home so you know it's it's a little system they got out here that's working for them for sure the russian boxing community i mean <clears throat> so, so it, it's
1: the, the community is very big here in new york as you know but mm-hmm. you know it's we're all just shaking our heads exactly
2: I mean, there's a difference but, uh, between expats and people that have moved from Russia and people that are Russians that are just coming over here like to boxers train and in the, play. to train and yeah. and in, in the prime of their careers. And then later on, are going to going to move back. I mean, some other examples have been, if you remember a few years ago, there was the, the big tall heavyweight uh, Nikolai Vilyuev, who briefly held the WBA heavyweight title and he fought over here a few times. I remember talking with the guy. Actually, when I I talked with him, Don King tried to portray him as like a big, you know, guerrilla giant. He put a picture of him next to, I forget whether it was the Empire State Building or the the Sears Tower in Chicago, (laughs) making him the same height. And was did not like that because he was a, a thoughtful guy. But He's also now in the Russian Duma and a member of Putin's party, United Russia, and the many other examples from, from other sports. In fact, if you remember, perog was the one fighter that early in his uh, Danny, uh, first fighter to beat Danny Jacobs a number of years ago. Then uh, Pirog got injured and had to uh, stop his boxing career, even though he's undefeated. He's also in the Russian Duma for united united russia so that they come over here and fight make some money and go back this is something that has gone on in in normal times but these are not normal times because putin has made very clear he's not just at war with ukraine he's looking to attack Poland, the baltic states moldova anybody that's near him and he's looking to, to as he as he's openly stated get rid of liberal democracy in the West, mm-hmm. he openly has stated, he's at war with the West, he's at war with democracy, and everything that the West, the good things anyway, that the, the West has has stood for. And in fact, in terms of athletes dealing with them, vol can come over here and fight it in a, in, uh, in Vegas in front of a big crowd, On his own pay-per-view, look at Brittany Griner, the WNBA star, who went over to Russia to play basketball in the Russian Basketball League because they pay much more than the WNBA does in in their offseason. And they bust her on what even the State Department finally said, really ridiculous charges. Because Brittany Griner is somebody, she's been an Olympian. She was a star in college. She is a star in the WNBA. She's a star internationally. She's, she's used to travel. If I think both of you done traveling. You know, when you travel a lot, you get used to what you can do and what you can't do. What you could put in your bag, what you can't put in your bag. And some of the rules are kind of petty. And, you know, you can't take shampoo. or You got to be careful about uh, prescription medications and things like this. She travels all the time. She's going to put hashish oil in her baggage going through from the US to Russia i mean come on who's going to who's going to believe all that and they're yeah. still essentially holding her hostage and she was busted at some point in february and they didn't even admit that Th- these are the conditions for athletes trying to compete in russia and and we're rolling out the red carpet for these for these help. kind of athletes here no you, we, we can't we can't allow that. It may not be completely fair to Bovol and these others, but let him be. Let, he's a brave oh, well. warrior. Let all him right. come out and denounce the war. Then maybe you'll have an argument that, you know, that, that he should be able to fight. But a number of people in Russia, prominent people have denounced the war and all of a sudden they're, they're getting ill and, you know, all kinds of nonsense going on and what is essentially a becoming more and more of a totalitarian state. So there are bigger issues than Canelo versus Bavol. And I think that that takes precedence over just,
0: Uh, you know, another big boxing match. Right. All right. Well, look, folks, that is all we got uh, we have for you guys today because uh, Eddie and Melissa are in New York and they're having power outages. And so we don't we want to cut this short before they uh, drop out. But anyway, Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, listen, you guys know where to find us. Look for us on Twitter at Angry Afro Radio. You follow my girl, Girl Boxing Now on Twitter and my boy NHA NHB News. No holes bar news on Twitter. And um, look, we'll see you guys next week because we've got a couple shows lined up. We need to get some good stuff out to you guys. Thank you. Hit that uh, subscribe button and we'll see you next week. Peace, love, and push ups.